Welcome to another episode of Bravo and Blaze. I'm your host, Jenny Blaze, and today's guest is Blake from Blonde Hair, Black Heart, and he gives us a glimpse into the wild life of being a Bravo super fan and having actual beef with actual housewives like Tamara Judge and Lisa Rinna. Wild. But before we get into the amazing conversation I had with Blake, I wanted to give everyone a heads up that I will be live streaming every Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern on YouTube to start answering all the questions I get about building a brand on social media, starting a podcast from scratch, reaching number eight in the top 100 indie TV reviews charts in under four months, going through a career change, the varieties of ways to monetize online, coming up with content strategies and media campaigns, raising a blended family with four daughters, trying to do it all as a mom, and more importantly, advocating for all cannabis consumers out there, especially all you moms out there. If you have been trying to create an online business and are not sure where to start or what the next steps are, make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel so that even if you can't join live, which I hope you do so you can ask questions real time, you'll still be notified of the playback video from the live stream that you can watch at your leisure. Again, that's if you are unable to make it every Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Subscribe to my channel now. I'll leave. In addition, I am starting to collect behind the scenes footage of the process of creating Cannabis Mom Boss, a podcast I've been working on to hear how successful professionals have gotten into the cannabis industry and what their journey has been like coming out of the green closet. As a supplement to the content I'll be providing on my weekly live streams at 2 p.m. Eastern on YouTube every Monday, I will be sharing the behind the scenes of launching Cannabis Mom Boss so you can follow along as a real live case study. You'll get access to all my tips, tricks, formulas, strategies, templates, and all that good stuff that I've collected over the past 20 plus years of combined experience as an information technology and arts grad from Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, a big four IT consultant for 15 plus years, nutrition and wellness entrepreneur as a graduate from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, and a 200-hour trained hot yoga instructor and a full-time stay-at-home mom for four years. I've gone through many major transformations in my life from having major weight losses, to pivoting my career, to getting out of debt and tripling my salary, to coming out of the green closet as a can of mom. I want to share my story and what I've learned so that I can help you figure out what it is that is right for you and your path to living your best life. The goal of Cannabis Mom Boss is to empower others to safely and confidently come out of the green closet and to provide the tools and resources to create a unique career path of your own. So make sure you go sign up today 
at CannabisMomBoss.com so you aren't left out of the loop when the launch date is announced. Again, that is CannabisMomBoss.com. Go sign up right now. Real quick, I'm going to touch on the shows that Blake and I were unable to get to because we had so much to get caught up on with Blake's wild Bravo celebrity life. So real quick, Married to Med. This show, if you're not watching it, I highly recommend it. If I could, I would take probably a solid two to three weeks, maybe probably a whole month off just to dedicate to binging Married to Med from beginning to end and giving a whole full report and thesis on the entire series because I've only started just watching it last season and already I'm loving everyone on the show I think they're hilarious they're great and I highly recommend but this week was so funny because Quad and Simone got into it but it winds up being hilarious um I love that Heavenly at Heavenly's intervention she to be petty, she refused to move her car so that everyone was stuck and couldn't leave her intervention. Um, so that was great. And um, I'm sorry, but Anila and your husband, that moving joke towards Toya and her husband, that was just, I'm sorry, that was that was lame. I, I'm not into it, but everyone go watch every Sunday night after Atlanta. What else? Spoiler alert for Below Deck Med. Plug your ears if you don't want to hear, but Reagan gets fired. Storm becomes bosun, obviously. And we have a new female deck hand coming on board. And spoiler again, it's Courtney from last season of Low Deck Med, who kind of had a little bit of a boatman's with Z. I'm not really sure how that's going to go. I didn't really see that much chemistry, but who knows? Maybe second time around, they'll have a deeper connection who knows but speaking of boatmances natasha and dave i'm sorry but it was exciting in the beginning and now it's just scary i'm so excited i'm so scared <laughs> well also like how wild is it that they like completely brushed over the fact that Kyle was in a relationship with a man for 12 years while he was in the closet only for that man to leave him for a woman. That's insane. No one's talking about that. I would love to have Kyle come on the show and talk to us about that. Um, Below Deck Down Under, for those who are, I, I try to watch this week to know what everyone else is watching on Bravo, and um, these guests are hilarious. Wait, Dana, what? Nothing. What? Nothing. In other news, allegedly Malia is going to be a captain, and there may be another franchise that's hers. I don't know. <sighs> Mixed feelings about it. Whatever. Um, Southern Charm this week. I have to be honest, I'm not like loving Southern Charm this season, but what I do always love is a crossover. And I love that Chef Rachel Hargrove from Below Deck, she had an encounter with Austin Kroll and apparently um, she did not like 
how Bravo handled things between them and Rachel being Rachel, she posted about it and said her piece not once, not twice, like three, I think three times maybe. I don't know. But Chef Rachel, if you're out there listening, you are always welcome to come onto Bravo and Blaze and speak your piece on whatever it is that you would like to get off your chest. Oh my gosh. Like I said, I love a crossover. Dubai this week. I I'm hearing a lot of people saying they're not loving Dubai. They think it's boring. I don't understand why they think it's boring. Number one, it's fascinating that they're even in Dubai, like hello. And then the fact, the opulence, like the gold souk and dripping and all that gold. Sarah at one point looked like a fucking goddess. And I was just like, oh my God, like I love that stuff. So that was, I loved it. But then I was kind of disappointed in all the ladies who just left Ian at the Ethiopian restaurant to eat alone when she was looking forward to sharing her culture and everything. And I just, I love Ian. I know people are saying like, oh, she's too much, too, too much. I think she's the perfect amount of too much. I love it for housewives. It's perfect. I'm loving all of it. Give me all of Ian. I love her. I hope I'm manifesting to meet her at BravoCon. Um, I also tweeted, I tweeted a picture of her it wearing her purple couture eating alone and said, this is a whole mood, which she retweeted. Love her. But also that picture of her and Sarah with that white dress with the that was very poofy and everything. And they took a picture in the restaurant. I want to get a cutout of that. Like I want to print that whole thing out and get like maybe a big white puffy blanket or something and set that up as like a photo booth at my live podcast recording that I'm going to do the night before BravoCon starts. So save the date, Thursday, October 13th, Bravo and Blaze live podcast. I'm looking at venues as we speak. So with that, next up, we have our interview with Blake from Blonde Hair, Black Heart podcast. Stay lit, fam. All right. This is like the third time that I've tried recording and fucked up. So this is the last time. And yeah, I'm wearing my glasses because I thought I was done and I came back and I recorded again. And then I thought, uh, whatever. Anyways. So this week, as promised, I went to go see Teresa, Teresa Judice, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? Teresa Judice. So um, I was like the last one there. And I'll have to be honest, like, okay. I love Teresa. I think that she, I respect everything that she has done on the show, for the franchise, everything, all that. However, I will be honest, I am not a huge fan of the New Jersey franchise because I find that it is one of the most toxic 
franchises as far as the fan base goes they don't even make it fun to really like tweet and stuff like that like instagram and twitter and tiktok actually are very toxic (laughs) i was surprised about tiktok too but anyways um so i saw Teresa, and it's so weird because like i don't expect like to have it's just like a weird relationship that we as viewers have with housewives like I almost feel like they're not real people so like when I saw her I was just like hi (laughs) it's like got awkward because I'm like I'm not gonna be like yeah hi I've been watching you for like 15 years stalker weirdo but anyways I pulled a Jackie Goldschneider I got a picture with Teresa with my kids and my husband um but I just I didn't know what to say so I just started talking about what I do and what I've been working on and told her about cannabis mom boss make sure you go sign up um and my cannabis advocacy and she I won't say all the things that she said because I respect her privacy um and part of my um um part of my mission is to allow people to safely and confidently come out of the green closet on their own so I um but I didn't even ask Teresa I don't I don't know if she consumes, but she seemed very supportive of, you know, the mission and understanding that people do use cannabis medicinally and it's not just like a recreational thing. So that was very refreshing. And I just love that Teresa was very supportive. Um, However, later on in the week, there was a blind item on Bravo and Cocktails, and this is no shade towards Bravo and Cocktails at all. Don't even start anything, okay, people? I know we love drama, but this it has nothing to do with Bravo and Cocktails. It was more of the blind and what the person had said on the blind. Um, essentially, what they were alluding to is that an East Coast housewife is high as a kite 24-7, um, and they made it seem like they're talking about cannabis because they said something along the lines of like a puff here and there or an edible here and there is fine but she's high as a kite 24 7 does her husband even know blah 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 and I just want to say because of my values and like I like I said I don't like getting involved with Jersey too much because it gets very toxic but for this I will take a stand and stand my ground that I support all cannabis consumers but especially can of moms, like we already have a hard enough time as it is as mothers for us to be shaming one another. It's just not a good look. I, I'm, I don't subscribe. So, um, and I want everyone to know that you can be a can of mom and you can be a good mom and you can be a productive person. You can be successful. You can be glamorous. You can be rich. You can be poor. Cannabis does not discriminate. People from all demographics consume cannabis. They just don't want to talk about it or admit it because of people like the whoever wrote that blind item. Whoever wrote the blind item, I just, I'm happy to talk to you one-on-one and educate you because it's damaging things like what was said in that blind item that is still continuing to hurt our community And in more ways than you may know. For one, luckily, on the East Coast, I'm thinking New Jersey or New York, right? Um, Luckily, I just spoke to a a lawyer from New Jersey 
who has made it clear that a new law has just been passed where child protective services or agencies can no longer use THC as grounds to take away your children. However, whoever wrote this, do they know that? Are they trying to endanger someone's children? I don't like that. That's not okay, especially for something like cannabis that people are using to help themselves and their health and their wellness. So, shame on you. I said what I said. People function better when they're high. Hey, baby gorgeous. Welcome to Bravo and Blaze, where we're going to get lit off all the latest happenings going on in the Bravo TV world. This is a safe and uncensored space to discuss our love for everything 420. So grab your can of goodies and let's get it. That brings me to what I really wanted to ask you about. So, okay, I've been watching and following you since you started. You had an old podcast and a old old handle that I followed. So I followed you since then. Um, and I've seen you grow and it's just, I love uh-huh. seeing that because I am a huge supporter of content creators and just people who, you know, have like a brand or a mission and I just love to see it. Oh, but, thank you. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's so great. If anyone listening has, is not subscribed already, go make sure you check out, but I didn't even introduce you. I know we <laughs> just like picked up right in the middle of a conversation. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. I'd like to welcome Blake Adam from the Blonde Hair Black Heart Podcast. Welcome, Blake. Thank you Hi. so much for being here. It feels yes. like we've known each other forever already. I know. I know. Honestly, it's like we've been passing the virtual bomb back and forth for <laughs> for a while now. <laughs> I did. I, I absolutely did wake and bake this morning for this Woo-hoo. podcast. I love that. I mean... <laughs> Who doesn't love a week and bake? It really, I mean, it sets the tone for me. I like, I feel like I can be centered and just have a moment of clarity to plan out my day and have like intention. Yeah. Well, I'm a a full-time work from home uh, guy. So for me, my mornings are me time. Um, I usually am up with like a couple hours to spare before I need to get into work. So yeah, I like sit down, I have my coffee, I have my vape pen, I have my housewives from the night before. And that's like my my me time. So is that your routine? Because I've been, I've done both where I watch live real time. And then I've done it where like, I wake up at five in the morning and watch while like I'm on the treadmill or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Your routine, do you watch live or do you always watch the next morning? I I typically watch the next morning and that's just because I'm, um, what's the opposite of a night owl? I'm, I like go to bed really early. Early riser. I am an early riser too. I enjoy it. It's peaceful. It's quiet. And you feel like you are productive before everyone else wakes up. Yeah. And I never, used to be like that. I used to be a total night owl. I was like growing up, even as a kid, I would be up until like two or three, you know, on AOL instant messenger, like (gasps) chatting with my friends. Um, (laughs) but, but my husband, he is the opposite. And he like wakes up at four in the morning to go to the gym. And then it's just like super active in the morning. So he's completely changed my habits. And now, even if I wanted to, I couldn't sleep in past like seven, which is, it's a a blessing and a curse, you know? Yeah. It is a blessing and a curse. (laughs) But, um, I really wanted to get you on because I usually try to stay connected to everything that's going on in the Bravo world. Um, however, there was this conference that I went to at the beginning of June. 
Okay. And so I was disconnected from all things Bravo for like three days straight. I was like, in Lucky you. <laughs> cannabis conference mode. I interviewed Redman. Oh my God. Cool. Yeah. It was amazing. And then I come back and all this crazy shit went down involving Lisa Rinna, involving some guy who posted her number and you were thrown into, I'm like, what the hell? I was gone <laughs> for like three days. Can you please Tell us the story of what yeah. happened. Yeah, it was the weirdest three days of my life. I'm going to try and give you the like spark notes version, okay. the abridgment. Um, yeah, so basically, I mean, I'm sure you heard before all of that happened, Lisa Rinna like doxed someone. She posted someone, someone had sent her like a harassing text message and she posted it online with the person's phone number. Um, that Wait, person. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, time me out. <laughs> I was going to ask, is that person, um, the rumor was like that person, it was filming with her or on a separate well, show? Yeah, we'll get it. Yeah, we'll get, okay, I'll get that. Okay, okay. So no, no, you're fine. Um, please save all questions until the end. <laughs> no, I know, kidding. I'm like, I <laughs> So, okay. So this, this random person texts Lisa Rinna and she posts the, a screenshot with the phone number in it, but it doesn't say who it is, but it just has the phone number. So obviously people start calling that phone number. Then all of a sudden, this random guy named Patrick is like, hey, that's me. And everyone's been calling me in my phone number now. So you know what, Lisa Rinna, I'm going to do it right back to you. And so he posted her phone number. And this is all on Instagram. or All Twitter, on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you were talking about the social media of it all. <laughs> I know. Um, it's, it's like a whole other yeah. world. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically they like doxed each other and this was legitimately Lisa Rinna's phone number. If you called it, it went to Lisa Rinna's voicemail and she and admitted she, it. And she even posted and was like, I had to change my phone number yeah. that I've had for 30 years. Um, which is like so <laughs> funny. Uh, she's had the same phone number and the same haircut for 30 years. Go figure. So, uh, so basically this, the guy, <laughs> this guy, Patrick, like re he had, he revealed himself. He admitted that it was him. And um, he put out a statement basically saying that he knew Lisa Rinna because he had been filming for his own reality show and yeah. had connected with Rinna and, and some of the other housewives to get advice. And so at that point, I obviously reached out. Oh, no. I Okay. Before I even reached out. I started posting like memes and, and tweets, obviously of like how crazy Lisa Rinna was acting. Like she was, <laughs> I mean, because at this point she was getting a lot of heat for, for doxing this guy. And so then yeah. she, she blamed it on like Lois passing, which seems to be her go-to now. Right now. Um, yeah. And she was just acting like really erratic online. So I, I, posted about it and I was like making memes about just like how crazy she was acting and this Patrick guy started like responding to my memes like he was seeing them so I so I dm'd him back like he was loling at all my shit and so I responded and I was like oh my god like I need to get you on my podcast and he replied and was like name the time and the place so obviously <laughs> I'm like yeah this is so exciting <laughs> you know um so I booked him for that same week. He mm -hmm. came on the show. Um, we did like a, a, I mean, it wasn't like a super extensive interview. Um, it was like 20, 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, to be honest, like I probably could have done a better job at like digging deep and asking the hard questions. But I, first of all, there wasn't like a ton of time to prepare for this um, yeah. from the time that like I asked him to come on to the time that I actually talked to him was maybe like a day. And 
there's there was nothing about this guy online. Like I I yeah. looked him up. I was trying to find stuff. There was yeah. there was nothing for me to reference. So all I could do was ask him questions and try and get his side of the story. Right. And if you listen to my interview with with him, the very first question I ask is, "Who the hell are you?" Like I <laughs> I wasn't pretending to like know who this guy is or right, like right. support his claims or be like I'm right. vouching for him whatsoever. Yeah. It really yeah. was just like, "Hey, come tell your side of the story." Yeah. So. During this interview, he reveals a lot of things. He he like says that he knows for a fact that Harry Hamlin is gay. He wow. says that, and this was where I should have picked up on it. He he basically says that his first text message that he sent to Lisa Rinna, where he was like, "You need to leave me alone," or or else, basically, and then she doxed him from there. Um, he said that it all started because she was saying she was talking shit about him and it was like racially insensitive. Now he didn't get into the details about it. He like really danced around it, but Aww. he, he implied that she basically said some stuff that was racially insensitive. And so he texted her being like back off bitch. Now <laughs> in hindsight, I, I wish I'd had like the actual text message in front yeah. of me because when you read what he said, it doesn't sound like, like it just, I, again, I don't have it in front of me now, yeah, because no, it's okay. I, you know, um, <laughs> but it just, it didn't align. And in hindsight, I, I get that now. And I should have been like, well, wait a second, you know? Um, but at the time I was just like, oh shit, scoop exclusive yeah. Lisa Rinna's a racist, you know? <laughs> um, so I dropped the interview and for the first like six hours that the interview was out. And by the way, this, uh, this was my most popular episode to date, like thousands and thousands and thousands of streams within the first 24 hours. That's um, insane. And he was was posting it. He was sharing clips of it. He was pushing it. He was responding to people who were, you know, Would, tagging us about it. Yeah, that would make you think that he's confident about what he said. Exactly. <laughs> so that night, <laughs> I get a DM from another account with a screenshot of a conversation between him and this other account that's basically him admitting that everything he said to me was fake and it was all phony and that Kathy Hilton paid him to do all of this to make Lisa Rinna look bad. So I immediately am like, that's bullshit. This text is like fabricated. Literally 10 minutes ago, he retweeted my clip. Like, obviously, you know, this isn't fake. So I DM him and I'm like, oh my God, people are so crazy. They're like <laughs> saying that you made all of this up. Like, isn't that, isn't that ridiculous? You know, like I look like such an idiot. And he responds and he was like, it's true. Sorry. I work in PR and marketing. And like, I was paid by a very high-end client and my job was to distract from, from them and pull focus onto Lisa Rinna. And I did my job. That's and and, a desperate move for your yeah. job. It's, I mean, so a lot of things then kept going. Um, like he, he from there released like three or four like official statements. And it's like, it, it, the, one is official. Now, yeah. it's just, now you're just rambling. Like, you know, now we talked before about editing your stream us. of consciousness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, then at one point he puts up like a, a video confessional where it's like his official statement. And he's literally sitting in front of this, like, like draped wall. It looks like a ransom tape. Like it's someone threw him in someone's basement, put up a sheet on the wall and was like, read this, you know, so oh, weird. Oh and, in, and in this like confession, he is talking about how like now his whole family's being harassed and his dad is a prominent diabetes doctor. And then he goes on to like, 
explain to the audience what diabetes is. I was like, this is this isn't like a WebMD lecture. I'm not at like some doctor's oh TED talk. Like, what the fuck is that? It was so weird. It was so bizarro. Um at one point the story switched and then it was like actually JK. It wasn't it wasn't Kathy Hilton who paid me. It was Lisa Rinna who paid me to say it was Kathy Hilton who paid me to say Lisa Rinna was bad. Like I couldn't keep up anymore. I washed my hands of this like that same week. I literally walked away and was like, I can't deal with oh this. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm so sorry that it was happened crazy. to you. Yeah. It was like- nuts. It, but at one point, Lisa Rinna like shared a clip that I posted um, where I was basically like apologizing to everyone for giving oh, him you a did? platform. Yeah, I, oh, I felt wow. I felt really bad. Um, yeah, I did because first of all, he he made some really nasty accusations about Lisa Rinna yeah. and Harry Hamlin. And and while I don't love Lisa Rinna, like I'm not about right. putting out like fake, fake. accusations like yeah. that. Um, but I also like, I felt really bad for my listeners that like, I didn't, I didn't want them to feel duped like I did. Yeah. And I didn't want yeah. them to think that I would purposely, you know, fuck with people to get, to get views right. or listens. That's not right, the case. Right. Obviously I wanted the views and the listens. That's why I brought him on to hear his side of the story. Yeah. But my intention was never to bring him on to lie to everyone. Yeah. You know? You don't wanna... um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I get what you're Fortunately, saying. Fortunately, everyone was like super cool about it. I maybe had like <laughs> one or two people tweet me that like I was a dumbass and everyone else was really nice. So. <laughs> well, lessons learned. I mean, that totally could have happened to me or may still happen to me I someday. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's funny because everyone was like, why didn't you vet him better? And I was like, like I said, there's nothing to vet. Like he, I think he made up like a false identity even like I, he there catfished. was nothing. Yeah. There was he nothing was out there. <laughs> exactly. And like, I I've never claimed to be like Walter Cronkite or Barbara Walters. Like I'm literally just a Bravo podcast host. And again, like I ask the questions, like I'm not responsible for his answers, you know? Yeah. And that goes back to what people don't understand about media and production is like, literally we just, we don't work for Bravo. No. We don't work for like CNN. I don't work. I work for me. I'm just a little guy with blonde hair and a black heart (laughs) and a microphone. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing that story because I was like, what on earth happened? This is insane. But- yeah, it'll be interesting if Lisa Rinna sticks around for next season, which is questionable at this point. But if she does, I, I kind of feel like this this whole thing will at least be talked about. Not my involvement by you any means, but so? this guy. Um, because yeah, were they both- filming at that time? I don't think they were filming and I don't think he's ever had a show that he was filming. Like, I think that was all bullshit, but both Lisa Rinna and Kathy Hilton have been asked about this situation and about this guy, like in the media. Um, so I, I feel like it will come up as a topic of conversation if they're still on the show. Yeah. Who is this guy? This is insane. I still don't know. (laughs) It's like a, it's still a mystery. It sounds like. Yeah. Oh my Very mysterious. So what do you think about this week's episode? Rena, like, it was a two-week-continued, right? And she just, like, went yeah. off on button. She's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I don't want, like, to throw that word around. But she's, <laughs> I mean, the the full 180 she did over the course of this episode. And the thing that's starting to bother me, and not starting to bother me, the thing that <laughs> I'm firmly bothered by about Lisa Rinna is 
that she seems to think like, well, if I just own it, if I admit it, and if I like say that I get it, then it's not bad anymore. And so yeah. she's like, yeah, I'm crazy. Yeah, I'm a psycho. I own it. And it's like, okay, but just because you own it doesn't mean yeah. you get to be that, you know? Like, yeah. I feel like she, she like admits to something like, yeah, I just really like to poke you. You just, I just really like to fuck with you. And so I'm going to tell you it at lunch that we're cool. And then later in front of everyone, I'm going to like go off on you. And that that's just who I am. I'm Lisa Rinna. And it's like, just because you yeah. are aware of your crazy doesn't make it okay. Yeah. It's like, if you're a murderer and you admit to murder, doesn't mean like you okay, get to go, go home, live bye. free. Yeah. Right? See ya. You still did something. Yeah. yeah. That I noticed that as a trend with Lisa's behavior. Yeah. It's like she will acknowledge it, but she never changes the behavior. She never fixes it. Um, yeah. It actually, like, makes it part of her brand. <laughs> yeah. She was on Watch What Happens Live after this week's episode, and she was saying, I'm a mess. And yeah. owning it or whatever yeah right but she's she, there's a difference between like yeah you're you're right I really need to work on that versus like yeah put like messy on a shirt and let me walk home in it you know like that it's very different um I because feel- she was a she was a huge mess on watch what happens live there were several things that she said during that episode that like, I cringed. yeah and that paddling of Andy Andy was like his behavior was a little questionable. Even Marin Morris sitting next to her was like, bring back Lisa Vanderpump. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I agree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel like Lisa Rinna should maybe wean off the Housewives franchise and maybe continue with her QVC type of entrepreneurship as her business. Because that I feel like that is on brand for her. And she's kind of like, it's kind of played out like there's it's gone stagnant for her as far as Beverly Hills goes but I I also haven't seen all of the old Beverly Hills so well I just I don't know if I could name another housewife who is more of like a quote-unquote housewife like a a prototypical housewife like she is truly playing a character and at this point she she may have become that character like that may now be who she is in real life but I don't know if you watch her first season, she's like so much chiller. She's like, really, she likes tries to stay out of the fray, even like the Munchausen stuff. Like if that happened now, imagine she would, she never would have pointed fingers at Lisa Vanderpump. She would have been like, yeah, Munchausen's. Yeah. I went and I asked my doctor like, yeah, you know, (laughs) it would be so different, but she really, she was like dipping her toe in at the beginning. And then I think she just found that this was going to be the most famous she has ever been and will ever be. This will be the the most she will ever be talked about in in the zeitgeist, you know? Um, And so she has to play it up. Like I, honestly, I can't think of anyone who I feel is like more like who, who, I mean, she even says it. She's like, yeah, we're housewives. If you don't like it, watch something else. You know, she, she's very unapologetic for her behavior because I don't think she, she thinks of it as her. She thinks of it as a character, you know? So do you think it like dilutes the Beverly Hills franchise? Because I try to look at each franchise differently. And like, I mean, obviously like OC is all over the place. Like now they're bringing on Taylor Armstrong, which I think is really awesome. I think I may have even said it on a prior episode that it would be cool to have Taylor on yeah. OC with A lot of people camera. said that, yeah. Yeah, so I'm loving that. What are your thoughts on, you know, just the whole yeah. 
like the differences between franchises and now like we have our first real like trade i feel like yeah, it's a baseball totally. game and we just traded <laughs> a player. sports lingo yeah um <laughs> batter up uh, i'm i like i'm not good at sports uh Me neither. <laughs> i so yeah every city has such a different dynamic and and to answer your first question like i don't necessarily think that lisa rinna's um i for lack of a better word like phoniness or like mm-hmm. act, act soap actoriness yeah. is is bad for beverly hills because that is LA that is like the LA women and like if yeah. if it's supposed to be a on representation brand. right it is on, on brand like it's a bunch yeah. of actresses and that's yeah. why I know a lot of people don't like that Beverly Hills casts actresses but that mm. is LA and so yeah. if you're if you're trying to get a representation of like what a group of bitchy girls in LA is like there's going to be at least a, a, a handful of actresses you know yeah um yeah. And, and that's what they do they like yeah. they they ham it up they they you know they They're throw ham. the wine glass yeah. and threaten to, to stab you in the throat if you're Kim so I don't that necessarily... was a little bit too far but <laughs> um she was waiting for someone to yell cut you know <laughs> never she she misinterpreted what they meant by cut you know uh yeah so I think it works in Beverly Hills to an extent I think with Lisa Rinna it's just too much for, she's too much for me not that mm-hmm. like the show is too much or the dynamic is too much um in terms of Orange County yeah they need to figure it out but the thing about Orange County is that it is a mixed bag in Orange County. Like there, I've, I lived in Orange County for several years. My husband is, was born and raised in, in Orange County. Um, and there are really, really wealthy affluent parts that are very liberal. And there are very, very wealthy affluent parts that are very, very conservative. And then there are also really, really, really low income parts. And there's a lot of Hispanic culture and there's a lot of Asian culture. Like Orange County is very, uh, very eclectic. It's very diverse, (laughs) but it's also really big. Like they make it seem like it's this tiny little bubble. And I remember one time, several seasons ago, Tamara was mad at Shannon because she was like, why don't you come to cut fitness? Like you go to this other gym. Why don't you come to cut fitness? And Shannon was like, bitch, you live an hour and a half away. Like cut fitness (laughs) is not around the corner, you know? And that's very true in Orange County. Um, so you, I think they need to hone it in a little bit more. Like Beverly Hills is Beverly Hills. It's not the Real Housewives of right. Los Angeles. That would be very right. different. Maybe yeah. they should do the Real Housewives of Newport Coast or something. Like it would be maybe a little more um, cohesive. But I think that's kind of what you were picking up on is that we're just getting too yeah. many too many different things that don't seem to go. I mean, remember Elizabeth Vargas? What was that about? I'm sorry, but they should have kept her for one season and not brought Jennifer Armstrong on because she basically took Elizabeth's spot and were like, it was like two random people for two seasons. Like yeah. just if they kept Elizabeth, we would have seen all this hostage stuff. And yeah, she came from a cult. Hello, cults are trending as we know from Salt Lake City. Like, yeah, she just, I don't know, give, then give her like a show on TLC about like gun-toting cult <laughs> girls, but I don't need her on the Housewives. Like, I don't know. She was just yeah, too I many like I don't too need baseball her. caps and, yeah. and like AR-15s for me, honestly. So the thing is like, there's sometimes when I'm like, oh, why did Bravo cast this person? Like Mary Cosby. But then like, she's there. So I'm watching her obviously anyways. And then Mary Cosby grew on me. And then I was like, 
why did you cast her in the first place? Now she's grown on me, but now all these like awful things are coming to light. And I feel duped a little bit by Bravo and like, or same with Jenny Wen. Like, I don't I want know. to go back to my old memes with Jenny in them and have to archive them because right. Bravo didn't vet their cast members properly. So it's yeah. like, that's why I like, would I choose Elizabeth Vargas to be on in the first place? Probably not. But since you gave her to me, at least give her a second season so we can get something because that one season was just like a complete waste, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, totally. You know what I think was a, a complete waste was was obviously Nicole James Weiss. And then I think, I think, I, I know people loved Noella and people think that Noella drove this most, this last season and, and she may very well have, but I think that it was a waste and not that Noella was a waste, but I think what happened to her was a waste. Yeah. I think when Noella and Nicole were cast, they were brought on to kind of round out that like pretty fashionable rich girl thing that like Heather was bringing back in. And both yeah. of them really did, you know, personify that. Um, whatever happened with Nicole happened with Nicole. I don't even, I, who knows there, but with, with um, Noella, I think, I think Noella really was screwed by sweet James. Like she was supposed to be this like hot, rich, young, fun girl. And yeah. then her entire world got pulled out from underneath her. And now she was like the, the sad poor girl who's like squatting in her yeah. mansion. Yeah. You know? um, I kind of want to see. Yeah. I think they should have kept Noella because of, you know, maybe the comeback would have been better. Maybe we would have gotten to see what she was originally cast as, because I don't think what she, she did on the show, that's not who she was brought on to be, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I kind of feel like everyone should get two seasons at least. I mean, not all the time there's exceptions, but as much as Noella, like I thought she was way over the top and like, it was too much. We really, I feel like we didn't really give her a chance because all these things were going on, like her, the stuff with her husband and then with her father died. And it was like, is this the real Noella or is this And and part of that, yeah. And part of that, I I do have to blame on Noella because at a certain point she could have reeled some of it back and been like, Hey, (laughs) I have a million things going on. Like, this is going to be a lot f- for like the fans to digest, which I mean, yeah. how, how could she know what the fans are going to want? She's yeah. ne- never been on the show before, but I think that, that that was her problem is it was just too, too much. Um, and I've said this before on my show and other interviews that I've done, like, I think sh- it was too much all at once. Like had she come on and stayed with sweet James and like her life at home was perfect. And then she was having yeah. these fights with the women. Great. That would have been fine. Yeah. Had she come on and her home life fell apart, but she was like actually building friendships with the women then. Okay. That would have worked. But the problem yeah. was that she, her home life was shit and her relationships yeah. with these friends was shit. And it was just like a Noah, a Noella shit storm, you know, yeah, it and was, <laughs> it was just, it was just too much for any of us to handle. Yeah. And so many people I have agree. said like, well, without Noella, there would have been nothing last season. Like she was the only one giving storyline. And I, I hate when people say that because we don't know what it would have been like without Noella. Like, sure. Yeah. If you take, if you take the exact, the season as it was, and you just like pick Noella out of every scene, sure. There's nothing left, but had they gone on these trips and Noella wasn't a part of the cast, there would have been different dynamics, different yeah. conversations would have been happening. Other people yeah. would have been fighting. Like, 
I just think it, when people try and say like, oh, if that person wasn't there, we wouldn't have anything. It's such a cop out. Cause like, we don't know what would have been filmed yeah. if that person wasn't in the mix, you know? Yeah. I don't even like to think about what it could have been. Right. Could have, like, would have, should have. Yeah. We can't think about that because it's already happened and she was yeah. cast. And so like um, my favorite housewife, my all-time favorite housewife, and this has not wavered in probably like five or six years. So this is like, it's in my blood, um, but she's controversial and she's she's Which gone like up and down on like the popularity roller coaster. And so it's been a ride. Is it Candace? Uh, it's not Candace, it's Heather Dubrow. And oh, so- really? Yeah, you and I, 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 I love her. And so obviously like when she first, like when Kelly Dodd first came on and Heather was first fired, like everyone hated Heather and they were like, bye bitch. And I was like, no, I was so sad. And then, right. And so then when she was brought back, she was like on the top of the world and all of the Heather stands were like clinking our champagne glasses. But then during this most recent season, she like kind of took a hit again. And now it's like not cool to be a Heather stand. But (laughs) I, the reason why I love Heather is because I think that she does handle herself well when she's wrong and maybe putting this most recent season aside, because I think she versus Noella just became like (laughs) too polarizing. But if you look back on past seasons, when she's gotten into shit with Shannon, when she's had issues with Tamara, with like, whatever she, they they like actually work it out like real people. And I think that that's a testament to Heather, because if you look back on like, Tamara, Tamara screams at everyone, you know, Vicky screams at everyone, Shannon screams at everyone. So I feel like it's Heather. Who's the one that's able to kind of sit them down and be like, Hey, let's have like an actual grown up conversation. Even if we don't see eye to eye, let's talk this through. And, mm-hmm. and I really like that about Heather. Um, you know, yeah, she's, she's a little condescending, a little cunty, but aren't we all? And like, has, I was doesn't her, she I deserve be, it? Exactly. Yeah, like I if would I, be too if I was if her. If I were walking around in that house, I'd be pretty damn cunty too. I would you know? probably throw my hexagonal ice cube Exactly. anyone who had something to say about Exactly. It. I also think it, it's a testament too, to like Kidding. that kind of person and, and a person that carries themselves in that way yeah. will always be seen as worse than someone who loses their cool unfortunately like like you I think it's so funny you know there's this the only image we have of Heather Dubrow like quote unquote shoving a producer is her like gently put like putting her hand in front of the camera like ever so daintily being like I don't want to I don't want to touch it too hard like I know the insurance on this is immense Um, but and yet somehow people are like she's a crazy monster you know (laughs) Meanwhile, on other cities, we've like actually seen housewives like shove producers, rip Andy out of his chair, like grab girls' weaves and snatch them, like crazy shit. And yet Heather Dubrow is this violent monster. Really? Really? I think I love Heather. I I think she's amazing. I mean, I don't really dislike that many people like on reality TV because I don't, I don't have any emotional connection close enough to right. dislike someone except for like Austin Kroll. <laughs> yeah. See, for me, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's not about like their TV persona at all. Yeah. It's, it's when their shit starts like spewing into the real world. Like I, yeah. I enjoyed Kelly Dodd when she was on the show, but mm-hmm. when her nastiness started like spewing out into the real world and social movements and black lives matter and like the LGBTQ plus community. And when she like, when she said she was black, like all of that, that's when I was like, I I don't fuck with Kelly Dodd, you know? Um, But there are some 
housewives who I think are total psychopaths, but I'm like, yeah, they're great TV. Like that's kind of what this Shannon was Bedore. built on. I mean, Sh- I Shannon is love Shannon. Shannon is nuttier than squirrel shit, but I, I love, love that woman. And that's another, I love her. an example of like, I love Shannon Bedore and I love mm-hmm. Heather Dubrow and, yeah. and I Me can too. love them both, even when they hate each other, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't even like make sense to me for someone to be like, I hate that person because right. of those. it's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's crazy. But speaking of hating people, <laughs> I'm really not loving Sonia on Atlanta. What are your thoughts oh, on her? Yeah, me either. Um, I, I wanted was, to, I wanted to in the beginning, but I'm done with yeah, her. Yeah, agreed. When anyone comes in with like an actual, um, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like some sort of stature or she has like a name for herself already. She's an Olympian. Yeah, that's, medal. that's great. That's awesome. Olympian, yep. However, when she pulled out the medal at like the, the what were they like at a making a pizza lunch? or something? Yeah, it was yeah, so Yeah, it was. It was like, it was this here. is not the time. Like maybe yeah. if you have your friends over and you're like giving a tour of your house or something, you're like, oh, here's my Olympic medal in its yeah. case, you know? But she <laughs> like brought it in her purse. And like so made weird. someone wear it. Like, yeah, very don't weird. Force your gold medal on me, weirdo. Why yeah. are you doing that? Yeah, and then I think that she's also like kind of go- going a little too hard with Drew. But again, it's tough because it's a small cast. And so they have yeah. to they have to bring it more when it's a small cast and um you know she also sees marlo coming in guns a blazing but the difference is marlo has like eight years of history with a lot of these women yeah so it's I a think, totally different thing with marlo i feel yeah like. but i feel like um, as the two like new girls quote unquote yeah. she's kind of like following that lead and it's like no just be your own person you're you're better off not copying marlo trust me yeah no for sure like <laughs> She was brought in being good friends with Drew. And for me, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth for her to turn on Drew. It's like showing a lack of loyalty, especially when, and it's not like, it's not, you know, like having blind loyalty towards a friend if they're doing something wrong, but respect the fact that like you came in with this person and maybe it's not that serious. Like, is it pick your battles, you know? Right. But then like, I think because she's such an ass kisser to Kenya, to Sheree, like it's, it feels very clout chasing and it feels very ingenuine and it makes me look at her in a, in a different way. And I don't like that. She's like, I don't know if it's because she's an Olympian or what it is, but she's trying to like present herself as like an authority figure in the group that she's just entering and it's like her emotional or like social intelligence quotient seems to be lacking a little bit because like I just feel like you don't do that or like I don't know she's well that's why I think it's so important that when they cast these shows they're finding women that like like are already friends with at least one or two of these women, like real genuine friends. And I think, you know, in some of the cities that's becoming harder to do, but like it adds such a different element when someone can join the show. I mean, obviously like Dorinda, look at the impact Dorinda had when she came on. It was like, she was always there because she didn't have to 
she wasn't like starstruck by these women, which is another issue we're at now where we're like, you know, 17 years into this show, anyone that gets cast has seen the show and is a fan of the show. So you have that element. Then there's also the like, oh, I got to keep up with the group element and I got to try and do what they're doing. So if you cast someone that already knows these women and has hung out with them and like maybe has been at in the background of a filming once or twice, they're they're not going to have those same growing pains that some of these other newbies do. Right, right. Yeah, that whole party that she had for Sheree, it was just like, I'm done with her. And then the rules, and then say, like, pointing out that weed is not legal, which I did not know. So (laughs) that was interesting. But like, why does she need to have like a whole presentation on a flip board for this trip that's supposed to be fun? Like she's making it not fun at all. It was so stupid. You know what she was trying to do? was, do you remember on Real Housewives of Dallas, like Tiffany Moon, when she had like her party? Yeah, but that was different. And like, Tiffany was adorable and cute. And she was saying it in like, kind of like a fun way, like, all right, girls here, my house rules. She didn't like straight up pull out a poster board that she had made. Like it was, yeah, it was weird for for sure. And I, I mean, I, I get it. I'm like a, when you're in my house, you follow my rules kind of guy. I'm not like a, the guests can do whatever the fuck they want. Like yeah. I have too nice of stuff for that, but <laughs> there's like a way you go about it. Yeah, exactly. There's <laughs> some like tact and grace and elegance that you can yeah. do, get your point across without exactly. looking like a dumbass, but yeah. <laughs> an Olympic grade <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> A gold star dumbass. It's not an Olympic grade dumbass. Oh That's really gosh. dumb. It's really dumb, Jenny. <laughs> okay, so Miami is not filming right now, I don't believe. Um, but Lisa Hochstein got a oh, restraining yeah. order. I don't think it was granted, but it was filed against her from her ex-husband or soon-to-be ex-husband Lenny's girlfriend. And yeah. Lenny was like posting in like publicly putting in the comments like oh it's a tough life to have a wife and a girlfriend like come on dude he's such a skis bag skis bag skis ball class yeah it's so low class and like you have children come on right well and that's probably why the restraining order wasn't granted i mean a it was probably bullshit um but B, the judge was probably was probably like, well, no, like he, like you go away, girl. Yeah. Like she, she's the mom. Like she needs to be there. You go a hundred feet away. You know exactly. Yeah. So I just, it's sad. I'm looking forward to single Lisa for next season, but I just, I feel sad for her too. Like it's yeah. not, it's not easy to, you know, go through a divorce. I'm imagining, and I, it can't be any easier on television. So. Right. I feel for her and uh, rumor has it that Leah Black is going to be making an appearance to help Lisa in her divorce settlement. I like Leah. I'm into, see Leah to me gives like that Margaret Joseph's vibe, like also kind (laughs) of like a Lisa Vanderpump, like you're like really funny grandma, (laughs) you know, (laughs) no shade. None. No, you didn't call her no funny shade. grandma. But like, that's the vibe I get. I even like some, <laughs> depending on the outfit, like Sutton gives me that sometimes, you know? Sutton <laughs> gives me George Washington vibes. Yes. Yes. She always looks like when like the girl, when you're in elementary school and the girls go under the pool and come up with their hair back looking like George Washington. She's just that like always. 
Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I'm going to think of you now next time I do that in the, in the, pool. In the water. Yeah. What is it like? Who invented that? Like, I don't know. It's always been so fun. It's like satisfying because your hair, like yeah. the water coming down it's your so, hair. And then it was probably like, like, <laughs> like Martha Washington making fun of him back in the day. Like, you look ridiculous. This is what you look like. <laughs> Go get a haircut. Oh my gosh, too funny. So another thing that's been going on this week that's been cracking me up is Lala and 50 Cent. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's like, there's, there's video of her like twerking in a thong, like out on a lake or something. Yeah. I say good I for her. I yeah. good for love her. It. Um <laughs> Randall's fucking gross and creepy. Um, yeah. My only thing though, and this is not victim blaming or like putting any of it onto her. However, at a certain point, she knew like what was going on, right? Yeah. I mean, you read the article, I'm assuming, or at least like pieces of it. I read, came- I did an episode with allegedly Bravo okay. who's uh cash and Lauren. They're both uh, lawyers. Yes. And- yeah. I've been on an episode of their show when, yeah. when my whole, the Patrick drama happened. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They're so fun, but it was interesting dissecting that huge huge article that came out about him yes. i didn't even finish the article i was like i'm sorry it was like 70 pages it was so long it was, it was so long it was so long well it was kind of crazy like yeah he uh, well allegedly according to the article like tackled lala to the ground to get her his phone there was a lot a lot of accusations um made by lala made by former employees made by other actors and actresses made by people on the sets with him so i actually know lala's assistant um her her name is jess and she hosts lala's podcast with her so when lala stopped doing the podcast with randall uh her assistant jess came on and now they host it together and i know her i used to live in nashville um and i actually recorded music with jess's boyfriend kyle and so kyle and i are friends and so that's how i know her but anyways when this article dropped she like sent me the pdf of it she texted it to me because i was like do i really have to subscribe to the la times to read this (laughs) so she sent me the pdf um and it was just like really interesting you know obviously lala was was not just uh she wasn't just like quoted in the article she was like a part of the story like she knew it was coming they were preparing for it um i just feel like at a certain point obviously lala knew what was going on between she and randall but like i have to assume that she saw some of the treatment of his employees like if if I don't know I think I don't know I don't probably know probably ignored red flags and just kind of I mean there so there were like people <laughs> former assistants saying that Randall made them do like really really sketchy stuff yeah. like illegal illegal activity would like cuss yeah. them out just all sorts of stuff I have to imagine if you're with Randall and he's, yeah. you know, making work calls and telling his assistant to do this. Like you're hearing that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, I, it is weird. I don't know. I, it, I'm it. i looking forward to post Randall Lala and hearing yeah. her story. Brand new. Brand new. Yeah. yeah. I want to see. Wait, she wrote her book, obviously, when she was with him. So she has an opportunity, I feel like, to write another book. Yeah. And read it. 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. I, I am working on getting her on the podcast. <gasps> yes. Um, oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. She was supposed to come on like a month ago and we had to, we had to cancel it, but I am working on it. So hopefully she will come on and I will get like Manifesting it. at least one chapter's worth of drama. From yeah. I need to hear. And then also like, there's like a Gigi crossover happening with that feud. And I thought, yeah. how amazing would this be if, I mean, before they talked about doing the next season of VPR, I would, there was like some uncertainty in the air. And I was saying, what if they took the old school VPR people and put them together with the Shaw's people? Cause they got canceled. Yeah. Make that a show. They all live in LA. Yeah. Right. I thought that yeah, would be really cool. interesting. I, I am super excited for this season of Vanderpump rules though. I don't know if you saw like there's little behind the scenes with Katie and Tom. Um, oh, and I'm please. almost, so I, I feel bad. so bad, but I'm like, I thank know. God they got a divorce. Cause like know. the show's going to be so good again. You know, it's so like bittersweet because they clearly had a toxic relationship. Oh my God. He was, one. I love Tom Schwartz. Don't get me wrong. I think he's adorable. Same. I love him, but he is the worst partner like both business partner and romantic partner ever <laughs> watching this show. I would get so aggravated for Katie all the yeah. time. And that's yeah. not to say that Katie was never irrational, but at a certain right. point, like when your partner is constantly putting you in these shitty situations, you get to, to the point where like yeah. the smallest little thing yeah. sets you off where normally you'd be able, anyone else would be able to brush it aside. But for you, you're like, this is the 9,000th time yeah. that you have not had my back. So it doesn't matter yeah. what it's over just have yep. my fucking back, you know? And she, he, she was always like without his, his support. Yeah. It's going to be interesting seeing them because I mean, she was at the opening of Schwartz and Sandy's Schwartz or Sandy's and, Sandy's. and Schwartz, whatever yeah. it's called. And she was standing right next to him in the picture. So I don't think that they're completely going like for me if I break up with somebody and I'm imagining if I ever hopefully this doesn't happen but if I right. did divorce my husband I don't plan on hanging out with any exes you know what I mean right. like right but they I think that's kind of similar with like Jackson Stasi they're yeah well have to it's, be forced to hang exactly. out exactly and it's like you know I think we could we could chalk it up to like their group and them just being like a, a really weirdly incestual group. But I do remember at one point, I think it may have been Stasi said in some interview or, or podcast or whatever, like, you know, they they have to do that because they're on a show together in like yeah. a normal situation. She wouldn't be hanging out with her ex-boyfriend, but yeah. because they're all filming it. And, and I, and it was in the context of like, I'm so grateful for this because it's forced us to stay friends. And she may have even not even been talking about like Jax or a romantic partner. She may have been talking about Kristen or Katie and like, you know, in a normal situation, when you break up with a friend, you yeah. never see them again. But like, we were forced to like, be, like fix it, you know? And that is, yeah. that is the beautiful thing about <laughs> this crazy show. That's um, what I was going to say. Like, that's what I love about it is that we get to see the journey of their relationships and the different dynamics and how they have to be forced to like work yeah. together and still yeah. be a part of each other's lives, even though, you know, one of them is now sleeping with the other one and right. like this right. crisscross, like it's, yeah. it's well, so then, wild. So, I don't know if you remember, but like a couple months ago, there were rumors 
about um Tom Schwartz Tom. and Raquel. Yeah. And and I don't know if you know, but that I I also got like caught up in the middle of that. So I someone sent me that rumor and I tweeted it. Uh-huh. And and Tom Schwartz responded to my tweet and then my tweet and his response got picked up and it was featured on page six. I was oh talked my about, gosh. I was That's talked so about funny. on um the podcast girl with no job. Um, oh yeah. Like, yes. Like, yeah. So like that got hilarious. picked up too. And I was like, I, I didn't, I, I wasn't even trying to start this rumor. I literally just like shared what someone sent me, but it was so funny because they were obviously denying it. And I was just listening to Sheena Shea's podcast the other day. And I've, I've never listened in my life. I will never <laughs> listen again, but I listened because I was like bored and Tom, Tom Schwartz was on it. And so I listened and like, they were talking about Raquel and he was talking about how he's like started to get to know her recently. And she's so cool. And he never knew that before. And Sheena was like, yeah, we were talking about you the other night. And, and Raquel made a comment about how like, yeah, she's never made out with Schwartz yet. And like, (gasps) I'm like, oh my, did I like manifest this somehow? Like months later it's happening, but I, it could, I, I, I don't mean to like start this rumor all over again, but I'm pretty sure that Tom and Tom and Schwartz and Raquel are doing it. Like, I'm pretty sure. Well, I heard Raquel went on a date with, um, Peter. And that was also confirmed on this podcast. That Was they, that true? Yes. But I think it didn't go anywhere. Yeah. And then I also heard she went on a date with, uh, Nima from Shaw's again, another banner from Shaw's yeah. crossover. Well, what I thought was the most interesting about all of this is that uh, Tom and Sheena both said that, like, when this rumor first came out months ago, sorry guys, um, <laughs> James like believed it, and James got really mad at Schwartz and Raquel, with and it like Schwartz. and it like started a thing. So, uh, what am I doing, Jenny? Like, why? <laughs> You're a witch, you're a wizard. Dude, weird shit happens in this Bravo world. Like I went live with Dorinda after Real Housewives um, first, like the premiere of the first three episodes of Ultimate Girls Trip 2. And I said to her on that um, live, I was like, Dorinda, you made it nice. I really feel like this might be your calling and you should do this like once a year. Just host like a new group or even the same group we love them and then like a week later there's a blind going around saying rumor has it they're doing this every year and I was like wait did I do that or like manifest it babe (laughs) I'm not trying to I swear I just thought it was a good idea and maybe they already thought about that I mean well I think the fans really have their finger on the pulse of like what we want obviously and I also think that Bravo keeps an eye on that stuff as much as they try and say like, Oh, we don't, we don't do what the fans want. Yes, they do. Um, They they know what we want. I mean, fans had been talking about some sort of all-stars for years and that's what they Mm -hmm. did with girls trip fans had been talking about something akin to like a Bravo con for years. And then they did that. So yeah, I mean, it's half um, them just like, you know, trying to figure out what the fans want and then half us being witches. So there you go. I have an idea that we can manifest. What if, because I thought this was cool. What if we have, because we have our own community, right? As fans. Yeah. And what if they had a show that like followed you and follow me before we go to BravoCon and we meet up there and we're just fan 
girling fan going yeah. out together and like that right there I feel like would be so fun to watch because oh, yeah. like we're living in this other world that most people don't know about they're only seeing the show we have bravo loves actually like you said sending us messages like there is something like they feel comfortable yeah. interacting and like i don't know it's, yeah it's, it's a, a different type situation. of it's a different type of celebrity that they yeah. have and they a lot of them know that like their relationships with the viewers yeah. It, it secures their their paycheck you know it's yeah. a it's it's a different type of show they're not okay. their storyline isn't being written by 10 guys in a writer's room yeah and then being approved by the studio like yeah their storyline is is in their head and then it's being approved by us by you and me jenny so i like, know it's so weird i i get so i talk to so many fucking real housewives like it's insane know, it's, and it's, people people don't understand it. And I'm like, they like want to talk to us too, because yeah. then they, I mean, first of all, I'm sure a lot of it is like, they, they like hearing people agree with them. So they want to know like, wait, you're on my side. Well, like, right. Yeah. People like to feel validated. Yeah. It's a validation. But then the other side of that is like trying to figure out, well, what is everyone saying? Like what's going yeah. on? Like I have one housewife in particular who I talk to frequently and she doesn't have a Twitter like, because like for a very specific reason. And so because it's probably too toxic. Yeah. I can't imagine being yeah. one of those housewives yeah. or any Bravo lab. I give them so many props because they're really putting themselves into this position where people feel like it's okay to just send them nasty messages or judge them based on yeah. what they see, not knowing what we talked about behind the scenes, that this is not a true reflection of everything that's going on and we're right. only seeing bits and pieces so totally I my hats off to anyone who puts themselves in that situation because that's, yeah that's a lot totally absolutely it's it, I get like I, my heart starts racing when I get like one troll coming for me honestly yeah so oh I don't know gosh. how they how they do it but yeah it, so the like this one housewife she'll message me and be like, Hey, what's like Twitter saying, you know, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm not on there. So I want to know like what's yeah. happening. And yeah, it's just coaching. so interesting. You could be, maybe your new title is real housewife coaching. Expert. <laughs> Honestly, life coach, housewife, life coach. I'm a professional I'm, Bravo, real housewife coach or, and, yeah. or other Bravo labs. I definitely, I, I, I get it. I don't know why I relate to these middle-aged women so much, but at one point when I was friendly with Tamara, she, she oh told God. me that I would make a really good housewife. And I was like, make it happen, girl. Um, what and then, happened with the Tamara thing? I vaguely uh, remember, like I know yeah. last I remembered, wait, did she go on your podcast? She did, right? She, yeah. She came on my podcast. But now you're blocked time ago and now I'm blocked. Yeah. So, so, uh, long story short, I talked about this on an episode of my podcast. Um, one of my earlier episodes, it's called Marvel for morons. So if you, if you want to go listen to the full story, you can go listen to it there, but essentially again, the spark notes version, uh, we really like to break it down fast. Um, she and I had a, a good relationship. We were friends for like a year or two and we talked a lot. And at this point, this was before she was on two T's. This was right after she was fired. So I think she felt very like disconnected yeah. from it all and like, yeah. like 
forcibly removed. So she and I connected, she came on my podcast and then we stayed friends. We talked like literally every day. Like I was so annoying to like, like you were talking about people in your world that aren't real housewives people. I would always be like, look, it's Tamara, Tamara judge, Tamara Barney hyphen judge. And they'd be like, I don't know who you're talking about. Um, I'd be like, you know, one throw like, Oh my God. Tamara. but we talked about everything and, and anything like housewife stuff and not housewife stuff. Like mm-hmm. we were, we were texting each other while watching Biden's inauguration at the same time. Wow. Like we were texting each other about Lady Gaga's performance. And then like, <laughs> I remember, uh, I think it was like JLo or Alicia Keys or someone. Let's and we were like, oh my loud. God, she looks so, yes, that we were like, oh my God, JLo. Um, JLo yelled, let's yeah. get loud the middle of the star song. Yeah, exactly. I'll never forget that. A, a little bit blasphemous, right? Or like, like unpatriotic. I don't know. I was uh, like, no, she did not. Crazy. I loved it. Um, yeah, but so our friendship was like legit. It wasn't just how yeah. we weren't just talking shit about Gretchen the whole time. You right, know? right. Um, although we did sometimes, and <laughs> and at a certain point, and and there was a lot of back and forth. Like I would go to her and ask her questions about the housewives, ask her questions. At this point, she wasn't on the show, but I would be like, do you know anything about the new casting? This was like when Elizabeth Vargas was cast. Um, (laughs) She told me exactly how she felt about that. Uh, uh, Yeah. She was like, I saw her picture and my jaw hit the floor. I was like, this is who you're replacing me with. Um, So she was very open, very candid. And I would get tea from her and I would relay that tea on my podcast. And there were oftentimes where she or I would say to the other one, like, Hey, off the record, you know? So, so for me, it felt very defined. Like I, it, it, for me, I I didn't feel like I was skating on thin ice or anything like that. And so at one point, um, so I guess when she joined the two T's podcast, things kind of started to change a little bit. And she now had her own platform for spill in the tea. So Mm -hmm. she wasn't as, uh, readily giving it up. And that just kind of changed our dynamic. And like I said, mm. we also were friends. Like we talked about other stuff, but I just felt us like we weren't talking as much. And right. she was also probably busy. Like I get it. Yeah. Um, so at a certain point during this last season of Real Housewives of Orange County, I went and I asked her to clear something up um, just about like some of the Nicole Weiss drama. I think it was about why she stopped filming. And the rumors were that she was an anti-vaxxer. And so they told her she couldn't film anymore. And so I asked Tamara and I was like, this is what everyone's saying. Like, can you confirm or deny that? And she basically responded and was like, I have no, I have no clue, but I don't think that that's true because she would have already had to have been vaccinated. Like if, if she had already been filming with the group, it wouldn't have just happened in the middle of the season. Um, but then she said, she was like, but I can go ask her like with a smiley, like she literally was just very nonchalant about it. Yeah. So I screenshotted that and I posted it to Twitter and I just said like, Tammy Sue is going to get the tea for us. That's like yeah. literally what I said. Yeah. And all that the screenshot said was her being like, I have no clue. I don't think so, but I'll find out, you know, like, no, she right. didn't say anything scandalous. So within like two minutes, she messages me and is like, you have to take that down right now. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm so sorry. I didn't realize it was an issue. And she was like, yeah, it's a big issue. Like what, what we discussed stays between us. And I was like, okay, I'm so, so sorry. And I took it down and that was Mm -hmm. just kind of it. And then she blocked you after that? Not yet. Okay. So, and she, and yeah, so she still followed me. We didn't really talk as much after that. She still watched all my stories, everything. About a month later, I think it was about a month. Um, I was listening to the two T's podcast 
And she's talking about how she and Heather Dubrow got into a little fight. And Tamara starts reading texts from Heather Dubrow out loud on her podcast. Mm-hmm. And they're not texts that like Heather would have appreciated her reading. She right. isn't like, she isn't like Heather said I could share this. She's just like, yeah, Heather, <laughs> Heather bitched me out. Want to hear what she said. Oh. And so I'm thinking like, you're literally doing the exact same thing that you were upset with me doing. Like I shared a conversation. You thought it was personal. You snapped at me over it. And yet yeah. here you are doing the exact same thing. Yeah. So I didn't say anything to Tamara about it, but I went on my podcast and I talked about it. And I literally just said, like, I think she's a hypocrite. Like, I think that she's do, she's got mad at me for like, you know, sharing something she said, but she's doing the same thing. In reality, I think she just felt like I scooped her. Like she wants to be like the number one podcaster. And like, she doesn't want other people to get the story before her, you know? And so that's kind of what I said. She heard it. Uh, she, so this is when she sends me a DM and says, your podcast was very hurtful. And I responded and I said, I didn't mean to hurt you. That was just my experience. I was surprised. And I said this to her, I was like, I was surprised that you would go and share your personal conversations with someone else after getting so upset with me about it. Right. Um, and she never responded. She went and she wiped clean, deleted our entire DM history, which spanned, like I said, two years, but Holy. not, not, but not before I could screenshot everything. Ooh. And then she blocked me. Um, wow. so, and not only did she block like my blonde hair, black heart one, but she blocked my old podcast page. She blocked my personal account. She had, Damn. she had several, she tried to blackball me. Like I, like a couple of days later, I was supposed to have Dave Quinn on my podcast and he sent me, canceled? He, he, he canceled and made up some excuse. And then a couple of days later, I noticed that he not only had also unfollowed me, but he had removed me as a follower. So I messaged him because when he canceled, he was so nice about it. He was like, something came up, but like, let's reschedule, like totally played it cool. Yeah. And then like essentially went and, you know, like did, did the next best, best thing to blocking me. Um, and so I messaged him and I asked, I was like, Hey, what's the deal? Like I saw that not only did you unfollow me, but like you removed me as a follower, like what's, what's up. And he left me on red and never oh. responded. Um, I got a handful of like nasty uh, podcast reviews from, from some of Tamara's little flying monkeys. Um, oh yeah, God. it was like a whole, a whole fucking thing. And, and I stand by it. Like, I think she was being a hypocrite and that's okay. Like I, I, I just own it. I own don't it. know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or, or even just say like, you know what? I, I don't see it that way because, yeah. and like explain why you think it's different or whatever, but it just felt very like petty and catty. And I even remember saying at one point, like on my podcast, when I was talking about this, like, I feel like an asshole, even thinking that like, I'm on Tamara judge's radar. Like the mm-hmm. fact that, that I am bothering her so much, like I, I shouldn't, I, that shouldn't be the case. Like I'm some yeah. little guy with a little podcast. Like how sad is it for her that like this bothered her that much, you know? I mean, that, rem- that reminds me of when Heather Dubrow was on Watch What Happens Live and Andy goes, oh, Kelly um, had a comment about you uh, wearing labels when you were talking about her or whatever. And she was wearing like some Fendi, like head to toe clothes. Well, first of all, logo mania is trending and second it it's so sad that kelly dodd has nothing else to talk about but me and my clothes it's true no it's true yeah and i just felt like first of all how like 
Tamara listens to my podcast. <laughs> cool. Um, but second of all, like the fact that it, you know, of all of the things that have ever been said about Tamara Judge, like the fact that this set her off so much. And now like in the media, I don't know if you've heard, but since she's going back on the show, she's been talking yeah. about how she like wants to work things out with Shannon and she thinks they can get to a good place. And I'm like, if you can work it out with Shannon, why can't you work it out with me? Like Aww. I've, I haven't said anything that bad. Oh, <laughs> Tamara, if you're listening. <laughs> I know. Unblock me. I'll play nice. Unblock I swear. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well that's unfortunate I hope it that you know you guys become friends again someday because it's yeah. sad to have any kind of friendship where you're talking daily because I've had these friendships before that have yeah. you know fallen out and it's sad to like think back and think of the good times and then you're yeah. like oh my gosh why aren't we friends anymore this is stupid totally but- well and again like like I just said it's like this woman has, has made an entire career about like fighting with people and has, has had far worse fights than like someone, you know, calling you a hypocrite. Maybe she was extra hurt because you had a special place in her heart. Oh, I hope so. I hope that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to thank you so much for being here, Blake, on the Bravo and Blake show. It's been such a blast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone, make sure you go subscribe to Blake's podcast, Blonde Hair, Black Heart. Leave a very nice review. No, no mean reviews, people. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) And I'll make sure the link to your podcast is in the show notes. Oh, thank you so much. This was so fun. Yeah. So. I got to show you all something new that I got. I saw this dab tool called DigiTool on Instagram. And actually, at first I thought it was um, like a thermometer to like test your dab rig. But actually, it's, I think, even cooler than that because this is from Sash Products. But how cool is this? You put it down. I don't know if you can see this. Okay. So. Here's the digi, digi tool. All right. Here's the digi tool. What you do is you turn it on. Okay. So already when I turn it on, it's at zero because it's, um, what do they call it? Balancing the scale or whatever. So what you would do is take this off this little end piece, which is magnetic, but you go and you scoop your concentrate. And then you stick it back on and it tells you how much concentrate you have. That way you can now dose out how much concentrate you're actually taking a dab of, which I thought was so cool, so brilliant. Now you don't have to blindly guess how much you're consuming. You can actually like measure it out and make sure that you're, you know, um, staying on track with your dosage. I, I think it's brilliant. If you are interested in checking it out, go check out my show notes for a link to the DigiTool from the Stash product site and use code Jenny Blaze at checkout to save 10% off your order. They have other cool stuff like dab rigs, e-nails, nectar collectors, and pretty much everything you need for your concentrates. So go check it out. Please make sure to subscribe, follow, like, and leave a review. We are releasing one episode weekly for season three. 
anyone who leaves a review and sends a screenshot to bravoandblaze at gmail.com before the season finale will be entered into a giveaway where the winner will be announced on the finale episode. One winner will receive some Bravo and Blaze merch. And along with a special shout out and a smoke sesh with yours truly. So stay lit fam. 